0: What's up, you guys? Kurt Stubbs back once again with the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast today. Uh, We are fortunate and blessed to to have another blast from the past here. Um, Taking a couple years to track this guy down. He's pretty busy, but uh, we have uh, head coach at Indiana State, Mitch Hannis. Coach, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kurt.
0: Well, Mitch is uh, not a name that people uh, would forget if you are uh, from Eastern Ohio. Um, Probably a lot of people uh, from the Shelby County Athletic League probably know this guy pretty well. Um, Coach, you know, for those people that kind of lost track of you, you know what? What? Uh, what have you been up to? You know, obviously, coaching, head baseball coach at Indiana State. But what's uh, what's up with you?
1: <laughs> well, right now, Kurt, I'm trying to chase down baseball players. But uh, <laughs> I obviously, after school went to Indiana State and and uh, played baseball, uh, spent then about uh, after I finished here, I was in Milwaukee's organization for about four years. I uh, came back and started my coaching career, and that's taken me a lot of places. I uh, was an assistant here at Indiana State for about seven years. I uh, went to a junior college, um, ended up being a head coach and athletic director there for gosh, 10 years. Uh, and then I served as an interim president there for about two and a half uh, got out of administration and got back into coaching, and have been here at Indiana State as a head baseball coach since 2014.
0: Well, Mitch, uh, you know, is kind of downplaying probably his his career at Indiana State. Uh, he is a Indiana State Hall of Famer, uh, two thousand ten class of two thousand ten. He was an All American as a senior playing second base uh, for the Sycamores. Now, you played for uh, Hall of Fame coach Bob Warren, correct?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: And uh, you you played. At uh, From about 86 to 89, you were on, I think, the first and only team to make the NCAA, turn- or the, the College World Series in 1986.
1: That was 86. I was a freshman that year, yeah.
0: And uh, you had an opportunity that year uh, in 86. Uh, you guys played Florida State and Oklahoma State out in the College World Series. Um, did Florida State have Deion Sanders at the time?
1: No. No? No. Um, no. Uh, I think uh, people remember Paul Sorrento. Yep. Obviously, I think, played the Indians a little bit. Um, and they had a – the Ann Figueroa was there. I mean, they had several guys that actually ended up playing in the big leagues. Those are a couple of the, the bigger names.
0: Yeah, interesting. And uh, I will also – Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to interrupt you there. I Because I say this to my players all the time, a lot of – Uh, personal awards that you get along the way are because you play on good teams. Uh, I think that goes underscored a lot. I think when you play on good teams and your teams have success, you get missed uh, maybe a little more than you should. Um, But I think a lot of times uh, we, as especially our young athletes today, we underestimate the importance of playing on good teams.
0: Yeah, and you you played on. Uh, I think you were synonymous with with good teams, no matter what you were playing or where you went. Um, now, in '86, you not only played in the College World Series, but you played in the Legion World Series as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Maynard, American Legion baseball, and we made it to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, in the World Series. Now, Bob who, Mazeroski, uh who, was our manager
0: yeah i was gonna ask who who was the mazaroski was the manager and who, who were yeah. who were some of the guys on that team
1: i i think uh the name that people would recognize probably the ace pitcher on the team was chris Starr, Up uh,
0: from, from buckeye, buckeye trail. trail
1: yeah who also ended up at uh, michigan out of high school um but that's probably the the, the biggest name on that team um we were made up of guys from from Caddis uh, Union, local Barnesville, uh, kind of that that region, and Maz had a knack for going out and getting guys from other areas uh, to fill our teams. So he did a very good job of putting teams together.
0: And, and Legion baseball was a was a really big deal uh, back then, especially I know Maynard. Um Maynard was really, really red hot in that time frame, probably on into the end of the 90s.
1: Well, at the, at the World Series that year in 86, uh, we played uh, a team from Iowa, the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area, which happened to the guy that pitched against us that day was Cal Eldred, who ended up being a first-round pick of Milwaukee. And Cal and I later became roommates in the Milwaukee system, and we beat them nineteen to two. So I never let Cal get that all <laughs> the years that we played. Together.
0: Now you, uh, Cal, Cal was a, was he an Iowa boy?
1: Yes. Yeah. Actually, pitched in at the University of Iowa. That was the first round pick up there.
0: Now, not you know your your son. Uh, now you you have a couple of sons, right? You have you have two sons. Sure. Kayla and, uh, and a daughter don't forget my daughter does, does she uh, does she also does she play softball
1: she actually did not she was more of volleyball basketball okay
0: crack.
1: so she I, I can't ever forget her because she's she really lets me know about it. let's talk about the boys <laughs> and her yeah we have my wife me and I have have uh, three children Derek. Is our oldest. Okay. He's soon to be thirty, believe it or not. Um, Kylie is our our middle child. Uh, she's around twenty six, and Club uh, was a freshman this past year at Valparaiso University. Our so, youngest son.
0: I gotta ask your your youngest son, Caleb. He had a, an incredible uh, freshman year. Uh, the Missouri Valley Freshman of the Year, second team All League, and. Uh, collegiate Baseball newspaper had him as a uh, freshman All-American. Now, he plays in the same league with you, right?
1: That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. Um, you know, in high school, sometimes your your kids are in the system and they come to you and you coach them. and That dynamic's tough. It, it would just, you know, when I came here in 14, our oldest son had been here already for a couple of years in the program so I did not recruit him here he was established in the program and when the years came through we, we we talked it's just not a dynamic works in college it's very hard um, and so we just thought it better that he go to another school and he would be the first to tell you that he's glad that dad's not on his room every day so he's he's happy That's <laughs> our praise.
0: well you know you in, in 2019, your, your team made the regional final and lost to, to Vanderbilt um, there at ISU. That, that had to be uh, quite the team accomplishment to, to make it that far.
1: We, we had a really good club that year. I, I felt like it was probably the best club here since that 80-16 that, that uh, I was on. I just I just felt like we had a lot of really good pieces, and, and uh, we took Vanderbilt a little bit in that series they were just they were just in a different class obviously they ended up winning the national title and actually that same year we split with Michigan michigan um, and uh so we both teams had played in the finals that particular year and beat it very well we just felt like if we'd gotten to a different regional things might have turned out differently but uh through Vanderbilt in nineteen was was not an easy task
0: well you you've obviously done uh a fantastic job there. You know your playing career at Indiana State; it speaks for itself. And your uh, your kids are, are are successful as well. But but I want to I want to reach back into the wayback machine and, and talk about your time um, at, at Skyview. Um, for for those people listening, because there's people that listen all around the state. And um, Graysville is it's like one of those places you can't actually get to. Um, (laughs) Well, the
1: school had a Graysville address, but it's not actually in a town. We were literally out in the middle of the country.
0: Right. Yeah, I took a couple of bus trips there. Of course, we were made up of...
1: (laughs) Did you get there?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was... We had a
1: couple. We had Graysville. We had Graysville, Louisville, Bethel, Stafford. Um, Some people would... Those were the kind of the schools that came together to make Skype...
0: Yeah, when I was coaching basketball at Union Local, unfortunately, we had a couple of road trips out there uh, to play Monroe Central. And if you miss, okay. uh, our bus driver was going about 70 mile an hour down the hill. And if you miss this left turn, I mean, you're like, you're gone. Um, half our team was white as ghost by the time we got there. Uh, everybody was sick. Uh, boy, it was, and then, you know, Monroe Central, we had to go play a game. So that was fun. But, um, you know, when you were there, there, there was Woodsfield and then Skyview, which came together. Um, some, was it the mid nineties, somewhere early to mid nineties?
1: I actually, I think, um, I'm guessing here now at the 94 ish, yeah. maybe somewhere in there. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that occurred, but I I know that that Skyview gym was a home court advantage for a lot of years, uh, not just the travel to get there, but the atmosphere. I know when we were really at the height of everything, uh, it was really up ticket, great crowds, just an awesome, awesome atmosphere.
0: Yeah, because one side is like, if I remember correctly, like one side was kind of like a stage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't have very good memories from there. Uh, <laughs> but now, when you when you were growing up, um, you know, when when did you start like playing ba- basketball, baseball? Um, I'm sure you started at a pretty early age.
1: Yeah, we started. You know, we started at probably four, four playing baseball, you know they had the ball and all of that stuff, and we probably started basketball. Uh, it was somewhere in grade school, it wasn't quite as early. Um, we just had some of those. Uh, I remember my dad and, and uh, another dad, Phil Hartsorne, was involved, and his father-in-law, Ward Young, um, was involved. They were going to make doggone sure that we played the game the right way, you know, and, and I still think that. That is so important for for young players, young aspiring players, to be to be influenced by the right people at those early stages. Because I I think the guys that we always talk about how important parenting is, but um, just the coaching at those young levels. And and we had a lot of good players, but we were we were coached. Right, I mean we spent hours and hours on fundamentals, whether it be basketball, and baseball, and and with guys who maybe didn't have the greatest knowledge of fundamentals, but obviously they were going to put the time in. So we started young. I can remember I can remember going to those Skyview basketball camps when I was a kid. It seemed like our, our PE teacher was always the high school basketball coach. So every time you went to PE, it was almost like the greatest. You know, Terry Lickett was there for a while, Bob Bell, uh, and ultimately Phil Ackerman and Mark Huffman. But those guys, a lot of times, were our P, in elementary school, even though they rotated around to Little Grace, school Bethel, to the different elementary schools. But I just remember those years and then going to basketball camp at Skyview, thinking we were walking into St. John Arena. Um, seemed like such a huge, at that time, little kid, kid in grade school. It seemed like when you walked on Skyview sport it was just that big-time experience. But, I and I think that shaped a lot of the kids, too. Skyview had a great program, had a lot of success. So when you were a little kid sitting in the stand, couldn't wait to get your turn to play for the high school.
0: So, so at what age, you know, did you kind of realize, hey, I, I've got some talent for, for athletics?
1: Uh, 53. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I I don't I, – I mean, we – we thought we were pretty good, and we and we, won a lot in our little corner of the world, right? Yeah. And you just you don't really know how you stack up until you get out there and and play. And I, I think that was the thing, you know. In '84, when we started making that run in the tournament, it was probably when it was all said and done. You know, after we got gotten beaten out by Colum Worley. That you're riding back and you actually stop and think to yourself, hey, I, that was pretty good. We, that was a pretty good run, even though y- you really can't put it into context during that, that time frame. But I think that's when we first started saying, hey, we can hang a lot of people. It's not that you think you're, you're all that great, but you think, hey, we can, we can hold our own. And I think that was kind of the mindset of those teams.
0: Now you you come into high school in eighty one eighty two. Did did you play right away, as a as a freshman in in both sports?
1: Eighty yeah, I I, I played right away. Um, kind of in basketball, I didn't. Um, I started out on the JV team and then ended up on some varsity. We had kind of a bad year, um, and I and I and I think that. Particular experience helped me because I, I took my share of abuse being a young guy and you're 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 playing and a lot of folks don't think you should be out there. And, and so you, you, you take a fair amount of criticism and it motivates you down the road. So I think that time period um, actually helped me in the long run. I didn't think so at the time. You yeah. know, I hope I for some of these young kids that you're put in that situation really before you're ready. It's all the external pieces that are probably more tougher to deal with than the actual on-the-court stuff.
0: Well, by the time you were a, a sophomore, um, you know, in 82-83, you guys finished 16-7, and seven, uh, lost in a district semis uh, to um, Lakeland, uh, 53-48. Um, that game was played at St. John Arena in Steubenville, uh, which no longer acts as a, a tournament spot, but... Saint John Arena man when when it was when it was packed boy it was it was a fun place to play um now can you do you recall that 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 game against Lakeland uh Jamie Helder had 20 points to lead Lakeland in that game
1: um, i i just remember he had a game and we spent a lot of our focus in the shutdown. i think it was Sandy Sayre. yeah right yep yeah, I think that was the focal point of our defense, and then we let let get away a little bit. And uh, But I don't remember it. I've had too many concussions, even though I don't know if I've had one, but I think <laughs> I have by my memory. But I, the thing I remember about St. John Arena is, obviously, it's one of the first places that we played where you shoot and there's nothing back there. Right. There's no background. And the other things, you never knew where each dribble was going to end up. If you hit that court in some spots and it was dead, And dribble might not come back up to you. I just remember it being awkward to, to dribble on and the, the shooting being different. But I also, again, as thinking back to those years, it was a big deal uh, to get to go to And That was kind of, you had a good season if you won sectionals and you got to Steubenville. Uh, that was kind of the thought process back in the day. That's why... You know, that that team the next year, you know, it was a big deal to get to Steubenville. And then we, we beat Strasburg the first game in Steubenville. And then you go, hey, we, we won a game here. That's, that's a good deal. And then we then we stuck by Lakeland, Charlie Huggins, in that 41-38 game. And that's, <laughs> that's a game I remember the most because the night before that game, the reason I remember that one vividly is I had the flu. Uh, couldn't keep anything down. So, I remember my dad coming off afternoons. He worked on consolidated aluminum on the river there. And he came home off an afternoon shift, got home about one in the morning, and I would love vomiting. And he gave me everything under the sun to try to get me to quit vomiting. Uh, so, I just remember playing that game and just being weak as a cat. And then Charlie Huggins teams would pass the damn ball around for 45 minutes where they'd take a shot. So it seemed like you played defense forever. Uh, but that's why I remembered that game so vividly, and we saw it snuck out uh, a win in that game.
0: Yeah, the, the, the eighty your, your sophomore year, the 82 83 season, uh, it was going to be tough uh, to advance. Uh, that was uh, Mike Smith and uh, Buckeye Trail, Terry Leggett's team that uh, ended up getting to the state tournament that year. I think they beat Bridgeport in a regional final. So I'm assuming two teams back then were coming out of, uh, the guy, I, uh, my head coach in high school, Kim Clifford, uh, was the head coach at Cass. And he used to tell me all the time about those single, a double headers at St. John arena and just how electric they were. Um, do you, do you, do you recall that, that atmosphere, uh, would talk about like seats being on the floor and, um
1: stuff like that yeah yeah i I do i think that that same year that we played highland the the following game the the following game that year was wellsville and shenandoah so st john arena back-to-back games you had skyview and highland wellsville and shenandoah that's generally i just remember that being electric and that's the most vivid uh, picture I have in my mind of St. John Arena was those back-to-back games and I think it was that game that, that uh, the second game was a wild one on Quellsville and Shenandoah as well.
0: So 83-84 by the time you guys are juniors it, uh, it, and still relatively young I mean outside, you know a uh, relatively young team um, you guys uh, finished 23-4 and four this year you you were uh, um as you mentioned, you played in the regionals. Um, you beat Highland in the uh, in the district that year, and I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was Charlie Huggins' last game as a, as a coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. I believe that's correct. And then we went to Canton, um, and we played East Canton, and then Wellsville. I just remember... And I remember the East Canton game um, because we saw the size of their team before we went up there. Uh, we were going through the walkthrough in practice actually talking about their team, and I remember their team just being huge. Um, and the I remember most about that is we played the best half of basketball we had played the season, and went in the locker room behind I, I I remember that because I'm thinking I don't know them play any better and we were down three or four points.
0: Yeah, and you you mentioned that so you beat East Canton 63-53 and you mentioned that Wellsville team you played in the regional final, and they had all five starters back from their double A state tournament team the year before. Uh, I think Tom Wilson and Ron Elliot were on that team and. You guys were able to beat them six seventy eight sixty four to to advance to the state tournament. I, I'm sure um, you know that was a that was a big game for you guys.
1: Yeah, and if you talk to anybody that that knows the history of Skyview basketball, they will they will tell you that that game is probably the greatest game the Skyview team has ever played. Um, that we played as well if we could humanly play that night, and almost to a man, almost to the five guys on the floor, you know, it, it, it just seemed like, you know, you had Brad Benninger and Todd Hilberting and Brian Lazier and Kilburn, you know, that five-man starting line probably played as well as we've ever played as a unit. And Wellsville was awfully, awfully good, but that was just, that, that was our night. Uh, I think we were shooting almost 70% from the floor.
0: So you, you arrive in Columbus um, that year at uh, 23 and three prior to that season. Uh, was, you know, was there any like thought, you know, for you guys that, that we could, we could make it to Columbus or was it just like, take it one game at a time and we'll, we'll see where this ends up.
1: Not at not at all. We were young and naive and we knew we were pretty good in our little neck of the woods and we were just playing. And you know, I, I think had we ever gotten to the point that we we were really good, we probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Uh, but I we were just naive to it. We were just playing games. I know as the story goes, Coach Huffman had sent someone to watch Columbus Whirling watch the other semifinal game or that other championship game regional to kind of scout who we would be playing. And so they decided after watching Worldly that they weren't going to tell us anything about the team. <laughs> they just, you guys, you're you're in big trouble. Um, just don't say anything. So we didn't know. We had no idea. I, I had no idea what you know, Columbus Worldly didn't know what the team looked like, didn't have the clue until we went out on the court that night to warm up. They decided not to really, I guess, scare us one
0: scares so. so so you 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 know you guys are coming from skyview uh you show up at saint john arena in front of 13,675 and look down at the other end of the court and you know you got jerry francis eli brewster kevin haddock you know what you know what what's going through your mind in warm-ups i mean other than this this is surreal
1: That when when we ran out of court and we actually passed those guys, that's the <laughs> first holy shit moment. Yeah, this is this is a yeah, this is a different gear now. Yeah, um, and then I think as the game started, the game started. The, the thing that the quote that really resonates with me at a game was from their coach uh, Chuck Kemp. Um, he mentioned it they had a tough time adjusting to the speed of Skyview. And I and I really, when we got out there on the court and we started going, the game was obviously faster, but it was similar to the Wellsville game. And, and I really feel like what a lot of people underestimate, when you make the different steps in the tournament, the speed of the game increases, and you either have the ability as a team to go to that level or you don't. And I think what was really evident to us right away is we had we adapted to the speed of the game very quickly. And obviously, got out to a a decent lead, ultimately lost it, but it really spoke to the athleticism that we we had on the court. And I think a lot of people really underestimated really how fast and athletic our teams were.
0: Yeah, I mean, you speak you spoke on it. You guys jump out to a, a thirty-three twenty-four lead at half. I mean. In, and you talked about how you shot the ball against Wellsville. I mean, you guys were 23 of 35. You shot 66% against Worley. You were 7 to 8 of the line. Um, you know, and Worley shot 60%. But something I found interesting, and, and I wasn't there, so I'm not sure how the, you know, Worley didn't att- attempt a free throw in the game.
1: We we were known not to foul. I know a lot of teams complain. We we didn't yeah. foul. We, we, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, I I I think the the bottom line. We spent so much time trying to protect the interior in that game that a lot of their shots were taken, you know, maybe 12, 15 feet, um, and we weren't fouling them away from the basket. And, and so we did a pretty good job rebounding. We were concerned about being able to rebound and protect the interior, not just against Worley, but Obviously in the Wellsville game, it's the reason why we started running the ball at the start of the game. We actually tried to fast break on every rebound. It's done to the Wellsville game. And we tried the same thing against Worth. They they were a little quicker to adjust to it, uh, but we just tried to break a little more. So we eliminate them sending five guys to the boards.
0: You, uh, you had 27 points in this game. Um, Jerry Francis 18 he was a first team all Ohio in that year and Eli Brewster playing as a freshman um, finished with 14 um, ultimately what uh, what do you think did you guys in um, in the fourth quarter of this game
1: they they went to a, a one 3 through1 trapping defense um, and we had obviously, Seen different defenses, and we were prepared. I just don't know that you're always prepared for the length and the speed that you're up against. Um, so they, they did a really good job, in it. and I, I think that was kind of the, the difference. They were able to to force us into some areas and maybe a few turnovers and and uh, different shots in the second half that normally may, we may not take. But uh, I think that was a difference. I, I think I don't feel bad about that game because I felt like we we played really well. Mm-hmm. I feel much worse about that following year, yeah. but um, I, I didn't feel bad. I don't think our team felt bad because we played well. And when you play well and just beat, you can live with it. Um, and I think that was more the case in that 84 season.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to uh, complain about shooting 66% from the field. And uh, especially, you know, your first time there, um, and, and, yeah. and playing that well, and they were just a point better that day. But, you know, moving into your senior season, uh, I think you had, what, four starters back coming in. Um, yeah. I, I got to believe, you know, in a small town like that, you just kind of knowing how small – the expectations had to be pretty high.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I would be lying to you if I, if I said we didn't feel um, – we felt it. We felt a little um, – we pelt, felt more pressure to, to perform that year, to get back where we were. Uh, the, the first year, you're on house meet, nobody expected it. But now you're back and everybody expects it. And and we uh, felt it a little bit. I, I don't think we played for that season. We, we played some good basketball, but we're as good as we played, I, I believe, in that 80th year.
0: Yeah, so you guys come into the, your senior year, you're – you guys finished the season twenty six and two, and we'll talk about how that that ended. Your one loss in the regular season, um, I think, was to Buckeye Trail, uh, which you guys would would avenge that loss um, it, during the season. Uh, you know, again, you know, having to battle through a, a pretty pretty tough small school area in, in the district um, there in, in eastern the East District. Um, but your your regional play this year gets moved to Athens, um, and, yeah. And actually, Columbus Worley went to went to Canton because the, I believe the Columbus regional um, there was there wasn't a Columbus regional that year. Uh, and, and you play uh, you beat Franklin Franklin Furnace Green down there um, in the in the regional in the first semifinal game and then the the game that a lot of people still talk about is the triple overtime game, which I'm sure you remember quite vividly against Berlin Highland uh, in the regional final and um that that was a wild game,
1: yeah, that's probably an understatement too <laughs> yeah that was well i I remember going I remember going into that because. You know, it's so much in the tournament is about how you're playing at a particular time. Mm -hmm. And I remember Highland was playing extremely well. They were, to me, they were like us the before in 84. They were playing just very, very well, sharing the ball, shooting well. They were just playing very, very good basketball. And we were were playing solid. We weren't playing our best basketball. And I, I remember going into the game and... You just hear some of the scuttlebutt of and some of our fans saying, ah, we're not going to beat Highland. No, and that gets back to you as a player, and that really motivated us um, that maybe some of even our base thinking, hey, we're not going to win this game. Uh, and I just remember that game, that game was a wrestling match from the onset. Um, I mean, it wasn't like your typical basketball game where there's a little contact. I mean, it was a physical, physical game from the beginning to the end. So those, both those teams at that, that third overtime were, were just spent.
0: Yeah, uh, Highland that year was led by a junior uh, second team All-Ohio and Keith Troyer, um, Perry Reese, now the head coach there at Highland. Um, you, you tied this game at 51 with 28 seconds to play on some free throws, um, but you would foul out in the second overtime and interesting uh, thing I found, like came across when I was looking back at this game was Brian leisure had some, some difficult plays in the second overtime, but he came back and came up huge in the third overtime, uh, I think he had uh, like a lane violation or something like that in the second overtime. He missed a couple of free throws, but then has two huge buckets uh, in the third overtime to help you guys secure that win.
1: Well, and I think if you go back and look at those, those goods were probably uh, both phrases from Todd Hilverding who – is a guy I, I don't understand how he's not in our OVAC fame down in Southeast Ohio, but probably one of the best basketball players to come up come through our area in terms of a very rented guy, and he was a tremendous passer. And if you look, a lot of the the baskets that a lot of us got in the old court and other areas, a lot of those came from, from him assists. And and I remember one of those for sure was a long passed down the court to Brian I'm sure what the other one was but I, and I do remember in the last 28 seconds there um, there was a foul and there was confusion because I think the thought was that Brian Laser was supposed to go to the free throw line 28 seconds to go and we were down two somehow they pointed at me and, and I ended up in the guy to shoot the free throws and I know Perry Reese, there was about a five-minute delay uh, of him arguing that I wasn't the guy that was supposed to be going to the line. So I had to kind of stand there and wait uh, before shooting those free throws. But I kind of remember that, that particular moment of that game.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you know, like I said, you fouled out there in the second overtime. But you mentioned Todd Hilverding, um, who was a junior on this team. He was he was 9 of 10 from the field this night for eight, 18 points and. and Obviously, uh, you know a really good passer as well. You shot. You guys shot sixty percent from the field that night. It seemed like seemed like you like in the big games. You guys played great. I mean, you know, it just seemed like it was a, that was synonymous with your teams.
1: Yeah, I I think you know what we did very well was we we shared the ball well. Uh, we got shots. Probably why the shooting percentage was always good. And, uh, you know, people ask me about those teams and I always say, you know, we had everybody on the court could stand there and knock down a 50 50- 70 foot jumper if you left them free. It, it, it wasn't like, you know, we got to get the ball to Mitchell time. We got to get the ball to Todd. It was, Hey, these other guys can beat you. And that's, that's why we had such a, a solid run and all of those because uh, to make deep runs, you got to have a deep team. Right. And I think a lot of people
0: underestimate that. Well, we'll talk about a good moment here for you guys uh, in the state semifinals. Um, you, you're playing Van Buren, who's un, undefeated coming into this. Len Martin's team's undefeated. Really, really good team. Uh, all Ohio, first team all-Ohio and Chad Keller. Um, he was only a junior on this team, uh, who did end up with 20 in this game. But, um, you know... This game was—you guys got way down in this game, thanks to uh, a second quarter where they outscored you twenty-one to eight. You know what? Uh, what was going on there in the first half?
1: I—I <laughs> I don't have any idea. I lost your lost your video, didn't I? I—I don't—I don't really know what happened. Um, it just seemed like you know a lot of people. I, I hear this a lot. Uh, teams come out in the state semifinal, they come, come out and they say, boy, well, that team come flat. You don't come out flat in big games. Um, you might come out tight. You, you, you know, you might, we, we would probably like, um, to, to tell you the truth. I know the last high school game we played that year at home, i Bishop Worley made the trip to Skyview. They sat in the stands and watched our game. Our last regular season game, Chuck Kemper brought his team to save you to, <laughs> to watch a Saturday game. Yeah, these guys come from God. They had to be in just shock of where they were at. Um, and so you've got Worley over there on the other side. And I think in the back of our minds, you, you couldn't help but think about a rematch. And, and I think game one started and we realized we weren't going to get a shot at rematch with anybody. Um, so I think we were. We were just getting beat. They were executing, and weren't. Yeah. To me, that's kind of the the first half, and we did a terrible job of keeping a big guy off the boards. He was getting inside and good shots. Keller just killed us in that first half.
0: Well, you start cutting at this lead in the third quarter, uh, but it was the fourth quarter that really, um, you know, was what did Van Buren and you guys. Outscored them twenty-five to twelve in the fourth quarter uh, to secure that sixty-two fifty-four win. This is a large crowd, thirteen thousand nine ninety-five sellout crowd. Uh, Van Buren, another small town up northwest Ohio, just you know, rabid fan base. So I'm sure this was this was a, a hot ticket at Saint John Arena.
1: I remember. I remember those guys launching balls too in that first half. They were shooting it from all over the from the parking lot. In addition to getting it side, so they liked the fast pace. And and uh, we we played a little slower in the first half. I think in the second half when we picked the pace up, I talked earlier about your team has an ability to get to that pace, that speed or not. And I, I think we just got to a speed that they couldn't match in the second half. And I, that was the difference in that game.
0: So you'd mentioned Worley, but, uh, you know, Jackson Center had other plans. Um, Jackson Center was able to, uh, Jerry Harmon's team was able to knock off Worley uh, 60 to 55 in the semis, uh, sending uh, Jerry Francis, the player of the year, um, to early, early trip to Ohio State. Um. Jackson Center was eighteen of twenty-two at the free throw line. Worley was only nine of sixteen, um, and they were able to advance. So you guys get Jackson Center. Um, maybe a little bit surprising for you guys that you weren't playing Worley. Uh,
1: no question. I mean, we. But I will tell you this: we we actually watched the the uh, Jackson Center Worley game. Stayed and watched there in St. John Arena, so it wasn't like you say, "Oh, good deal." We're, we don't get whirly, you know. But you, you see another club, so we these guys are good. So we we knew we were facing a club. It wasn't, uh, had we not been in the arena that night. You might think differently. You might think, "Hey, we thank God we don't have to play whirly." But we saw we saw that game and the the way Jackson Center played on the stretch of that game when the chips were down, and we we knew we had our hands more than full.
0: Championship game. Yeah, Jackson Center, great backcourt with Tony Meyer and Keith Dosick um, to to lead those guys. And this is a game, uh, state finals game that you guys led forty to twenty nine at half. Um, things seemed to be going well. Uh, was that the feeling in the locker room or, or could you sense that there was you know that they were they were gaining momentum?
1: Uh, no, I, I think, you know, the first half was pretty 29. We, we played it at the pace we like. Um, obviously, 40 is probably a few more points than could go for us in the first half. But, no, we, we felt good. Um, you know, we were confident that, that we were controlling the game.
0: So, you know, the second half, they kind of chip away and chip away um, at at that lead. Um you actually end up fouling out in this game, which, um, you know, looking back at some some quotes from Coach Coach Mark Hoffman that, you know, I'm assuming that he was thinking about, you know, pulling the ball out and killing some clock, and then you pick up that, that fifth foul. Yeah.
1: Well, I was a notorious reach-in-and-slap-all guy. Um, I think um, probably the part I remember most about that game—they came out in the second half uh, and put a chaser on me, and they just played a box, kind of a box and one. And um, I remember us getting really good shots. We just we just went old in that second half, um, and I think that was—I think even at times they were chasing both uh, Todd and I. Todd Hilverding himself. So
0: they were. They had made the decision to
1: make someone else beat them, and and uh, that's kind of how they played the second half. And it really took us out of off kilter for a while, uh, because typically in the regular season, when we saw that, we knocked down enough shots quickly to get a team out of a uh, kind of a trick combo type defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, this this game was played at a pretty high level. They shot 51%. You shot 57%. Um, Free throws for both teams weren't great. But, um, you know, Dosick and Meyer fouled out for them as well. And insert, uh, you know, one of the – you happen to be on the other end of probably one of the greatest uh, state tournament stories of all time. When uh, they insert Jeff teeters.
1: Hey, I, I've got a call, Kurt. I've got okay. to go. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, it's a moment that I hate reliving. Um, and every time I tell people all the time, every time I get this game out of my system for a little while, it comes back. This, this game still helps me, I'm 53 years old. I, I don't get it out of my system. But yeah, insert teeters and and uh, I I think we miss a we miss a free throw. We got some new blood in the game. Um, we're rotating back into a a, a zone. I think um, maybe three rope three guys rotate back to a zone um, where they're supposed to be. The other guys are trying to find out where they're supposed to be, and he ends up with a wide open runner about 12 feet from the basket at the Missouri. And uh, the rest is history. You know, they they had that moment of glory for a lifetime, and we get home a moment of misery for a lifetime. But, you know, a lot of people say, at least you got there. Uh, but I think with competitors, you ask anybody on our team, you know, that second year, it wasn't about getting there. It was about, hey, if we don't win this thing, we're we're going to be really disappointed.
0: And we were. You know, you're you're exactly right. I uh, I'm I'm sitting there cuz I I've seen the shot um and I'm sure you you've seen it several times but yeah. Is it yeah. is it one of those things where like it was like frozen in time where like <laughs> in your mind you're just you're you're hoping that thing's not going in. I know coach Hoffman said as soon as it left his hand, he thought it was good.
1: Yeah. It it just seemed like a- that slow-motion moment. Um, you know, when when I first fouled out, because I fouled out before, and you, you have that picture in your mind of Todd Hiller grabbing a rebound, taking about three dribbles and putting a pass up the court to Brian Lazier for a layup, and doing that a couple of times, and Todd just kind of taking over. Uh, and if you remember after I fouled out, that exact play, Todd gets a rebound, a couple steps, with Brian, up the court for a layup, and you, you have that moment on the pitch where you say, okay, we got this. We're in good shape. And then it just seemed like from there things just boom.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know if there's any other way. I mean, it's a, just an extremely tough way to, to, to go down. And this is a guy I think scored maybe 18 points all season uh, for, for Jackson Center, and he got his moment. Um, I believe he's now an attorney in Cincinnati or something like that, but, um, you know, it wasn't the end for you guys as a, I mean, as a basketball team, you know, for you, you receive, but a lot of these guys are back. I mean, we, even with you fouling out, you know, with that, with, with Dosick and Meyer fouling, I know they still had Scoggin, but you still guys, you had to like your chances in overtime you know with with Todd and, and and Aaron and Brian and Vince
1: no no question i I think i mean we we still felt like especially when MarF thought out shortly after I found out, so I think when all that kind of went on, you feel like, okay, still feel like we got we got the better group on the fourth but fate fate just wasn't on our side.
0: Coach Huffman um, did an unbelievable job because he regrouped you guys. Uh, a lot of the the same past the characters, and, and you guys, you know, um, took the Ball Diamond by a storm there in the spring, uh, where you guys would go twenty six and two, uh, eventually winning the state championship, coming out of the Dover Regional. Um, you know, you beat East Canton. You beat a really good Astabula Saint John team, four to three. Um, you know, back in those days, like in '84, who who knocked you guys out of the baseball tournament?
1: I think it was Fort Fry. Okay. I, I believe, I believe it was Fort Fry. Um But I'm not upset sure on that. But that's. In my mind, that's what I'm thinking right now. Fort Trice, they were uh, they were a program back during that era that was really tough to win in
0: baseball. So you guys make it to the state, and, and you guys get the defending state champions, um, undefeated Miller City, uh, who had won the 84 state championship. And, and this is an interesting game because this is a, a game that lasted uh, two days. Uh the game on Friday was suspended. You finished it on Saturday morning, and it's a game where you guys got down five nothing, heading to the bottom of the third. Um, but you had a, a big bottom of the third, scoring four runs that, that kept you guys in this game.
1: I don't. You, you're you're dealing with a bad memory again. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> I just
1: remember. <laughs> I just remember Miller City being a lot better than we were. Thank goodness we only had to beat them one time because uh, I think they had the Johnston kid on the mound. And If you ask any of the guys today um, how in the world we beat Miller City, I, I think but I'll tell you there's no question those guys had a better team than us. We just, that game uh, survived and advanced. But And the thing I remember most about the game is I got a ground ball at your stop, which would have been the third out even before extra innings. And I airmailed that thing, and that's a tied the game. So, yeah. Um, but then we were fortunate enough to, to win it. I know um, brother started on the mound for us, Mike. Um, and then Todd Ilverdine came in in relief, um, finished that one, and then threw the next one.
0: Bah. That is you know when
1: yeah no no pinch, no pinch limits back then.
0: No that's incredible because you know your brother uh, start Mike starts the game. Uh, Hilbertin goes four and two thirds uh, striking out seven to to get the win over Miller City. you guys scored four in the bottom of the fifth uh, to win that game nine eight. Hilbertin comes right back and throws a complete game uh, in in the finals the same day. Uh, against Fort Laramie. So you kind of got a little bit of revenge on the Shelby County League, uh, Jackson Center and Fort Laramie in the same league. So you finally got a little bit of revenge on them. Um, This is a game you guys pretty much controlled, um, you know, from the start jumped out to a big lead and end up winning this game nine to two uh, to capture the state championship.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think if I remember right, I remember, Todd's rubber arm, um, and then I—I I think Mike, it was five nothing, and I believe Mike had a grand slam. My brother Mike, correct, and that kind of blew the game open. And yeah, those are the two things I remember the most uh, in that last game.
0: Yeah, I want to—you know—some of the key pieces that your catcher Tim Winland um, uh, had, had a really good game in the semis. Uh, Frank Antiel. Uh, had a good game in the finals your brother hits the grand slam uh, i think you had four hits in the, in the two games a double and a triple in the finals and, and todd hilberding goes the distance striking out eight walking just one in the second game that's just it's just unbelievable and you know it it's two different sports especially at, at the high school level uh, you know basketball you're talking 14,000 fans baseball uh, a little bit of a different um you know high school baseball doesn't draw nearly what football and basketball does but um you know how how did that you know, did that like you know wipe away any of that uh distaste from that basketball or is that was it just something different
1: it it was just something different i, I think at first we thought it would kind of replace that and and but as years go by it 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 doesn't. It's kind of a separate piece. And and I think the thing that with the baseball it's different than the basketball. Um, remembering that attorney run, single elimination is a very tough deal in baseball. At least in basketball, you two teams, you don't a particular pitcher, you're just hey, it's us against them, neutral court. Baseball, single elimination, there's so much that can happen. Uh, I remember in that Ashtabula game, Kevin Hartzorn, our left fielder, the final out is a catch he makes leaning out over the left field fence with a runner on. They they would have hit a two-run homer to win the game. Oh, uh-huh. Wow. And he robbed a home run. That's how that game ended. Uh, yeah. And and I think Tim Winland started catching again in the sectional because Donnie Bartonslaw, our other catcher had broken a finger. So there's so much that... <laughs> that went into that, you just start scratching your head and, and you know, how do we, how do we get to that point And how do you win it when Miller cities as good as they are? And I think there's a lot more good fortune in baseball single elimination tourney that has to happen for you to win it than the basketball. And so, um, when that thing in baseball was, you almost wipe your brow and say, whew, not sure how we did that, but we did. So,
0: and then, you know, that would that would wrap up your high school career at Skyview. And, I mean, just an unbelievable run from, um, you know, the 83, 84, 85 uh, time period at Skyview. I know uh, when I made the trips out there, you guys still have, like, the mural on the wall out there. And um, I, I just stood there and looked at that for probably 15 or 20 minutes. Just incredible memories. um with uh, you know a group of guys that, you know, you were probably together almost all the time.
1: What what I, you know, it's a lot of people talk about the memories, but you know, there's still a lot of what I do coaching that is rooted out of there. It's um, you know, it's a time period that you are shaped as a person, and that's been the biggest difference in all of this. I think we. We came in as young kids, very naive, but I think we would all tell you that that time period and those teams help shape who we are. And a lot of the the tactics I use as a coach and a lot of the things I do are rooted in that kid from southeast Ohio. You know, I I also have memories of Aaron Kilburn and being five-elevens, six foot tall max, always guarding a guy half a foot taller than him. Every night we play, having to take on the biggest guy for the other team. It's that mentality that lives with you now as a coach. It's that you're undersized, underspeed, whatever, whatever. But it's that fight. Um, And I think that's what I remember most about that era is you can't help but be shaped as a person by by growing up down there and by being involved with the teams and and going to school there. I, I think it's had a tremendous impact on life.
0: And I wanted to, before I uh, let you jump off here, I, I wanted to mention Coach Huffman, um, you know, because he, he coached your basketball team and then coached your baseball team, uh, which, I mean, that's, I mean, very that would be very rare now uh, for something like that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what did he mean to you guys' as success uh, on the hardwood or whether it was uh, on the baseball field?
1: Well, I, I think when you think back to to style and a person, you always you always say as you get older and you're a parent, you want your kids to be on teams that are run by just a solid person. Um, Mark was that. He was that studying hand. I mean, he was he was calm. That's what I remember the most. He he never uh, seemed. He might have been inside, but awkwardly, you never saw him nervous. You never saw him. He didn't scream and yell a lot at us. Um, I do remember him breaking a clipboard or two. Um, <laughs> and believe it or not, uh, the one was after a win the sectional uh, that 84 year. We played our first sectional game and we won. And I remember him being just irate at us half a game in the locker room and, and actually breaking a clipboard when he needed to. He he, he could do that, but he didn't live in that realm. And so I think that's part of the reason I most of us pretty fearless out on the court. Right? He, he breathed that into us. Uh, we, we weren't timid. We were, And so I, I think I remember when I think back to Mark and his coaching style, I think most about that. Um, you know, you have to be calm and sit and let the players play, and, and he did a really good job of that. And I think with the rallying us after the basketball, he, he openly talked about that um, before we started baseball season. And that we were going to Columbus and and take the gun trophy and bring it back to Monroe County so it wasn't something after he felt the pain too but he was able to kind of harness that and bring us together and give us new vision and new goal to shoot toward
0: well last question when when you think back um on and i'm sure you think about those times uh from time to time what what is What is the the most fond memory that pops up in your mind uh, frequently uh, when you think about your days at Skyview? You
1: know, there's probably – I think about all the folks that I went to school with. I don't know why. You know, you, you think about the guys and the teams and the success, but I think a lot about the simplicity. Of the time period a lot about the you know just lot about that uh, a buddy of mine virgil hamilton uh, sends me texts all the time someone in our class has a son that's doing well or or you know, aaron kilburn just recently won some bow uh, shooting contest and he sent me the picture um, just that to keep me up to speed with what's going on back home and in contact with with those guys i that's the thing when you're you're done with this, and somebody tells you, "Hey, you'll never be in the locker room with these guys again. You'll never be in the classroom with all of these students again." You, as a young kid, you say, "Yeah, yeah, no, I know." You say, "Boy, life goes quick. Enjoy it. Your your kids are gonna grow up." I say, yeah, I know, I know. And I so I think the the years have gone by, and this one has speeded by. I just miss the simplicity of that, that time, and just talking to the guys and spending time with those guys I grew up with.
0: Well, Coach, I you know I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, this has been probably more fun for me to, to, to talk about that era. Um, I was pretty young in those days, but um, wish you nothing but continued success at Indiana State, and uh, we'll be continuing to follow um, from one Eastern Ohio guy to another.
1: I appreciate it, Kurt. I enjoyed it.
0: Hey, thank you.
1: Thank you. You take care. We'll see you. Okay,
0: Mitch.